out, nobody on. The playoff to Murphy. Left-hand batter, strike three called to the knees and right down the middle of the plate. But down, Murphy. Some games go on for a long time. This one's still going on in my mind. Welcome back to the Autobot Podcast. My name is Justin Viver, and I'm joined tonight by Niv Shaw. How's it going, Niv? How are you? I'm good, man. How are you doing? Good. It's just the Justin and Niv show tonight. No no chat. <laughs> we are on tonight's episode. We're going to discuss a recent feature request uh, that was made on the Autonew community forums. And then we're going to segue into a conversation about Autonew roster rules and etiquette. And who better to talk to about that with than Niv, who wrote uh-huh. wrote the rules, right? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> it doesn't for better feel, or worse. For better or worse, that's right. It doesn't always feel like it. I didn't have any housekeeping notes. Is there anything you wanted to mention before we get into this uh, episode, Niv? Anything? No, we we missed Chad, and that's about it. We we should just dive in. Let's let's get okay. to it. Okay, all right. So why don't you talk about? There was a re- request made to add. I believe they wanted roster percentage added to the team page, I think is what the request was originally. And why don't you speak about that and, and what you have made a change to somewhat accommodate yeah. that request, right? Yeah, I think I think the request has been pretty much accommodated, maybe not 100%, but let, let's talk through it. So most recently, this came up just last week from the forums, Kaufman A315, who I think has also spent some time in the on new Slack, great mm-hmm. community member, like nice and active. Welcome to give his feedback all the time. So mentioned that his post, I'll just read it. I often like to scan my roster page to find cut candidates when considering a bid on a free agent. It'd be great if one of the columns on that page was roster percentage so I can easily see which players the rest of the community aren't holding on to. So I went back through the forums. Joe Katz, uh, you know, one of our a uh, longtime members made the same kind of suggestion in 2020. There was also another suggestion along those lines in 2021 from Nick G777 and one from 2019 from a user named Ted Cord. So so there was four different threads sort of like getting at the same kind of thing, which is being able to understand what the auto new community or the market, how, how the market, greater market than just your league views a player when you're trying to make a decision on cuts, right? Making a cut is always sort of a pinch moment. Like, uh, no one ever really likes making the cut. Most people are pretty happy with the, with the 40 plus players on the roster. So making, having to make a cut is always a little bit of a challenge. And so looking for information around that, that, can inform that decision is helpful. I wrote about this in response to Nick G777 in 2021. And I, so I, I didn't implement this right away. And obviously it took four pokes at it to implement. I guess we'll, I'll skip to the end, which is right now, if you go to your cut page under your team menu, click on cut players, uh, roster percentage and average salary are there. The average salary is not format specific. So it's just the total average salary across all active auto new leagues that does not currently at this moment, does not consider the size of the league, does not consider any custom rules the league may have. It's just a quick and dirty average dollars and roster percentage. Obviously, there are more nuanced versions of average dollars, especially average salary, if you go to a player's player page. But 
The request was just something quick and dirty that's scannable. So I went for something that's quick and dirty and scannable. The column headings are sortable. So you click on roster percentage and you can get the highest or the lowest roster percentage right at the top. So if your uh, sort of decision-making tree is based on who's the least rostered player in, in the general auto new universe, uh, this can help you get that because you'll just it'll sort for you and you can figure. In 2021, I wrote uh, that I'm pretty ambivalent on adding information to the cut page because it elevates that information as important. Obviously, certain things are very important when you're making a cut. What's the current salary? What is your position depth or what what position does the player pay play? So you can say, oh, I have a bunch of outfielders. I don't need an outfielder. These are like, to me, first degree sort of decision making. Anything beyond that, I think, starts adding opinion in. So if I start showing you points per game, points per inning for points leagues or four by four stats, five by five stats, whatever, that's starting to give like some weight and credence to that being the higher priority to make a decision. And and likewise, and what I wrote in 2021 is if I'm putting average salary and roster percentage trends, it's saying that this is an important number that you should pay attention to when making a cut. And I don't know if that's necessarily truth. And so one of the things that I was hoping we could talk about on this episode is how do we use uh, roster percentage? How how do you, Justin, use roster percentage? How do I use roster percentage when making these kinds of decisions? Um, and also, how do you use average salary, especially like the broad average salary that doesn't have any subtlety or nuance to it, where it's just looking at average salary across every single league and every single format? I think... Those numbers are valuable. Otherwise, I wouldn't record them. I wouldn't store them. I wouldn't display them. However, I am not 100% sure they are the most, they are on par with the information of the position a player plays or the salary that they're signed for currently in terms of making cut decisions. So with that prompt, how do you, would you use roster percentage when making cut decisions? I have not really in the past. No, there's a caveat to that though. So for me, I think the exception would be if I'm in a situation where for whatever reason, I'm rostering a player who is very, very low rostered across Autonew, like 1% or lower or somewhere in that range, I may take another look at that player and say, wait, why is this player on my roster? And he's not on 98% of the other rosters across Autonew or uh, league, leagues, you know, rostered in those leagues. Right. Because I think to me, that would give me some information that would tell me maybe this guy's best served to leave out in free agency for a little bit. And he's likely not going to get picked up over the next 30 days before I'm able to re-auction that player. That might be the only exception. Otherwise, I don't care if a guy has... 25% roster percentage, 91%, you know, anything else in that range, it really wouldn't change the decisions that I make when making a cut. I think it's still helpful to see it. I think it it adds some context that others would find helpful for sure. For me, I'm anchoring more on how do I value these players, which players on my roster are both not projected to do great and also underperforming. I mean, those are those are the the sort of situations where what makes it the decision easy, right? The, the guy's not projected to be much more than replacement level and he's not doing well. Okay, that's an easy cut. Where it gets harder is where you have to try to balance between that. And and you're right. As far as 
the primary considerations being the position they play, what what eligibility do they have, what's their salary, what's the value that I place on them. The delta between salary and and the value is important, right? If if I have a guy on my roster who has a $21 salary and I think right now he's a $5 player, he's a cut candidate even though I have worse players on my team. Right. Because freeing up that has utility. Has a lot of value, right? Right. So to answer it succinctly, I don't really use roster percentage when making cuts. Where I use it more often is with pickups, you know, and and you already have that when you go to the free agent tab in your league. If you go to the players link and then you do a search, you can search, you could like filter and look at only catchers, for example, and do free agents only. And if you click search, you're going to see all the catchers in the majors that are free agents in your league. Then you can sort by roster percentage, last seven ad percentage, average salary, things like that. That is important because I want to see, wait, is there somebody that has somehow fallen through the cracks that's rostered in 85% of the leagues, but for some reason our league just hasn't picked them up yet? I'll use that more often when making ad decisions rather than cut decisions. But you have, that that mechanism is already there. And, and in fact, even on the surplus calculator, my free agents tab, you can sort not just by the projected value and average salary, but also by roster percentage for the same reason, because I kind of want to see... Who's available in my league that is not available in most other leagues? But as far as cutting, I mean, I think it has value. Otherwise, there wouldn't have been three or four other requests, you know? And for every person that posts on the forums, there's probably 10 people that, yeah. you know, would have but didn't get around to it or something like that. So, yeah. So that's that's an interesting aside just to mention real quick. I, I even wrote this in the forums. Like, you guys can basically override me on some of this stuff. I'm not always right about everything. Some stuff I'm going to be really sovereign about, but this this kind of thing, I'm still sort of ambivalent about it. Obviously, that's why we're talking about it now, but it's on the site, and that's because of what Justin just mentioned. Uh, a lot of posts, similar posts on the forums, a lot of votes of a wish list item. I'll pay attention to it, even if I don't uh, personally agree, and I'll have to at least muster up an argument that I can find to be compelling for why I'm not going to do something. So, so put it, pressure is not the right word, but like, you know, Showing enthusiasm for a change like this is like definitely heard and definitely listened to. So again, I encourage anyone listening to this to to make sure that they're voting for uh, wish list items and so on and so forth. I totally agree with you. I the part I definitely agree with you about is on addition on adding players. When you're looking for through free agents, and in fact, one thing that I really want to get into the Fangraphs leaderboards, and I'm working with David Appleman over at Fangraphs on, is to get the roster percentage and average salaries onto the Fangraphs leaderboards directly, where they can be like really easily sorted through, and a lot of really good filtering tools over there. Like those of you who have used the Fangraphs leaderboards, we've talked, we've harped on them repeatedly, so I don't have to like belabor that point. But I really believe in roster percentages being a really valuable tool when trying to pick through available free agents, not necessarily for me, 80%, but even in the 50, 60 range, like somebody who's like slipped by. And it's at least, you know, in the same kind of way that I think it can validate someone making a cut. If you look at, if you're going through your players and you're like, this guy's only 20%, 10% rostered, it can validate starting the auction. The flip side of that, if someone's like in the 50, 60, and I'm like on the borderline, I'm like, man, I really need a shortstop. And is this guy getting enough playtime? I don't really think he is, but he's being rostered like a pretty high rate right now. Like, okay, like, you know, the fact that he's he's still on teams means something like as that like bonus information. Yeah. And, and it's going to be a theme probably in a lot of the things that I talk about during this season. I mentioned on the last episode that I had that experiment with 
trying to roster, you know, going into an auction, focusing more on market value rather than my own personal value or the projected value for the players. And I feel like roster percentage in tandem with average salary is that market indicator, right? If you add a player who has a 70% roster percentage, even if you don't love that player, it speaks to some level of marketability and desire out there in the market for that player. 70% of leagues feel that this guy's worth being on a roster. That does mean something. I don't know that it's more than just like a tiebreaker if you're trying to choose between two different players to cut or players to add or what have you. But I think it 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 is useful information. Like I said, more as a tiebreaker than anything else. But, you know, it, it's, yeah. it, it's a consideration. So I think that's right. I think, you know, I, I guess, you know, ultimately, sort of coming to the same place about ads and cuts, which is your first decision tree sort of needs to be around the value of the player and how he fits into your roster, right? How does he, like, do you need the shortstop? Do you need the catcher? Do you need the starting pitcher or whatever? And then the next level is, well, is of of this subset of things that I need or need to get rid of or I have excess of, who is the least or most marketable is a good, is a good word, a uh, good way of thinking about it, I guess. That's a good word to use marketable of these players. So if I'm going through my, like if I go through and I say like, okay, I want to look through roster percentage, but I only want to look at my starting pitchers first, right? So I order by sort starting pitcher here. And then I'm like, oh man, this guy is under 20% and everyone else on my team is over 60%. And I need to get rid of a starting pitcher because I'm doing a like for like swap or in my head, I would like to do a like for like swap. Like, okay, like you are now on the chopping block. Like there's a that that could be an interesting way of doing the tiebreaker. I think if I go through my starting pitchers and I see the guy who is less rostered than everyone else, uh, just right now looking at my cut page, I think I know why the guy is less rostered than everyone else. So it's not, um, you know, it it might be more helpful for people who are managing a lot of leagues and have like a bigger player universe to track. And, it, and you know, and, and I can understand it as being a tiebreaker. It's certainly a tiebreaker for me when I'm considering like relief pitchers to start auctions for or other kinds of sort of like deep deep position outfielders or whatever trying to make that final like how do you how do you make the final choice of which auction to start and how much to bid and i think the roster percentage comes into that i'm not sure the quick and dirty average dollar value matters too too much but it also in my brain is kind of a pairing a natural pairing as roster percentage and average salary that might be that might be a little silly. There might be something else that's more natural to pair with roster percentage and average salary. Average salary, as it's projected, presented right now, you know, lacks a lot of nuance. But I think, like, the, the probably the right way to think about that, if you're listening to this and wondering, I think the right answer is probably to make average salary a little bit more useful for people. So I think one thing that I've talked about doing, and I, I'm sort of interested in doing in the future, is sort of standardizing it around OPL eligible leagues that don't have custom rules and also divvying it up a little bit more by format. So those samples will be a little bit smaller that that formulate the, that number, but I think that would probably make average average dollar a little bit more useful when making these decisions. But again, I think like these numbers are, are absolutely like, you already have to be nine tenths towards your decision. Right, right. Yeah, it's, it's sort of a little added context. It's like the... The frosting on the cake, you know. Well, most of the time I have, and this is going to sort of segue us into the next conversation, but most of the time when I'm starting an auction, I already have sort of in my mind uh, a mental model of what kind of player would need to be cut 
uh, based on the bid and based on based on the player that I'm starting the auction for and based on how much I'm bidding. Right, right. Which is a somewhat of a segue to something I want to mention before we go to the next topic, and that is sort of a, a, a mechanism within Audinew. One of the things that I find very useful because I have multiple leagues and I'm starting auctions and then I get an email that I won the auction. I go and look at my team and I see, oh, I'm I'm in an illegal state. I have to make a cut. One of the things I will often do is go into my roster organizer, you know, once a week or what have you. And I will designate, you can move players to a cut position or to a trade position. If you move them to the cut position, it's not going to cut them if you do that in the roster organizer. But what it will do is it'll highlight them in red when you're looking at your team and when you're on that cut page. So I will sort of pre-cut certain players that I want to yeah. at least consider cutting. These are the next three guys that I'm going to cut. And it's it's pretty helpful when I'm make, trying to make a decision right away and say, okay, let's get this guy off the team to get myself legal. So The roster organizer itself has been a huge benefit of, for the team that Chad and I co-manage because as we're going through things, we're, we're, we're like, we're talking probably once every other day about the team. And as we're going through stuff, one of us as a roster organizer, just sort of making sure it reflects our shared thoughts about our roster as it is right now. So we were like uh, talking about cutting one player and then we sort of pulled back from that conversation. Like, don't really want to cut them. And I'm in the roster organizer already pulling them out of the cut section so that we're just making sure that we're reflecting the reality of, of what we've decided on. So I, so that t- that is super helpful because otherwise I'll go to the cut page and I'll look at it and I'll be like, I don't know who Chad wanted me to cut right now, but <laughs> yeah. when, we have, when we have one or two choices, then it's like a lot easier to to navigate that. Yep, yep. So that's a it's a good feature to have. It's, it's somewhat new, I think, and it's very useful. I yeah, thought. last so. last couple of years, yes. Okay, so our next segment that we're going to talk about revolves around the auto new roster rules and legal rosters and things like that, and. <laughs> It is an it is a very frequent topic of conversation, both with new managers who come into Audinu and they they want to kind of learn. Well, how does this work? What do I have to do to stay legal? How does how does all that you know how is all that written in the rules and what does it mean? And even veteran Audinu managers, we have constant conversations on Slack about these rules and how they should be interpreted and how they should be applied at a league level. So, as boring as it is, I'm going to just go <laughs> through. <laughs> In the rules for Audinew, so make sure look, everybody's on the same page to start this conversation. Yeah, that, yeah. So you're at often a, a stickler, right? We we have to start from the same place. It's the only way we get anywhere. And this is at audinew.fangrass.com forward slash rules. It's it's a little you know wordy, but I recommend going through and looking at those rules if you haven't yet. So I'm looking at section one, which is rosters, and I'm just going to start with number or number letter A, and it says. Each team shall, during the regular season, maintain a roster of 22 major league players that can fill out a starting lineup as defined below. And then the lineups are defined later in the rules. The remaining 18 roster spots can be used for reserves consisting of both major and minor leaguers. And then there's a little sub section number one, a roster of 22 major league players capable of filling out a starting lineup as defined below shall be maintained regardless of any games started, games played, or innings limits. Now, I'm just going to give my quick interpretation and then I'm going to let Niv tell me what that rule means and why it was written the way it was. To me, this is basically saying you have to have a lineup worthy number of players at your on your roster at all times. And 
a lot of times people read this rule and they focus on, well, you have to fill out a starting lineup. Does that mean I have to have one catcher? Does that mean I have to have five starting pitchers, five relievers? Right. Or is there flexibility within that? I have my own opinions about the level of flexibility that is attached to this. Now, the other thing, before we start talking about the way the rules were written and the intention, I do want to mention right off the bat that most of these rules are going to be at the discretion of your league as a whole or your commissioner who's enforcing these rules. How I interpret this rule and how I enforce it as a commissioner of my leagues is going to be different than how you will do that in your leagues or the commissioner that is making these decisions for your particular league. But I thought it would be helpful for us to talk about these things so that we have sort of a baseline that this is maybe the generally accepted auto new practice when it comes to rosters and illegal roster situations. So Nate, why don't you just talk first about this, just this 1A what is the rule? What is the intent of this rule? Right. Why was it written? Yeah. So the intent of the rule is, is that we're, you know, auto new is trying to recreate what a major league baseball team is trying to do with a 40 man roster. And the intent of this rule is to sort of say that as fun it is, as it is to bet on a bunch of prospects and bet on a bunch of injured guys and stash, 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 and think about auto new as like a, a deep dynasty that has implications today. And if a major league baseball team did that, they would have to field a team or they'd forfeit games. And if they did the bare minimum above that, no one would come to their games and they would probably go out of business or have some, well, I guess maybe not, but you know, have some other publicity concerns. So obviously we don't have publicity. We don't have fans as part of this system in auto new, but what we do have is the idea that, you should try to be somewhat competitive. You should try to fill out a lineup, completely punting on playing auto new for a season in terms of fielding even like a partially competitive lineup. Uh, it, it has effects on everyone else, right? In a four by four league, if you decide you want to start doing this midway through a head to head season and, and reduce the number of your players that are, that actually are playing in the majors, it, gives some teams benefits, but not every team a benefit. And, and, and frankly, it just makes the game less fun for people to play, right? If somebody is rostering or running a team out there that just, you know, doesn't play any night, like just getting three players in or whatever. So the goal is sort of to, to nudge people towards trying to be, um, if not competitive, at least, well, you know, yeah, competitive in the in the in the lowercase c version of that word, right? Not like, oh, fighting for championships every year, but at least fielding a team, sort of in the vein that like any baseball team would field a team. Like nobody is really rolling completely like unqualified people out there, and certainly nobody is saying we only got six guys tonight. Sorry, and that's really you know what the goal is. So. So there's a ton of leeway built into that, right? And it's, these rules are, are purposely written vaguely because there are situations because of the way auto new is and because of the way baseball is, Major League Baseball is, you, you can dip in and out of this of this number. You know, things can happen. You could be like, oh, I'm at work, I'm on vacation for a week and I just didn't notice like three of my guys got hurt and sent to the 60 and I just haven't started uh, new auctions yet to, to just replace the roster spots. So there's definitely leeway for that. Again, hoping that people are reasonable, but but and also sorry, I I don't think this is saying you have to have five relief pitchers. If it wanted to say you have to have five relief pitchers, that would be a bullet point, and it would be enforceable. We could enforce it on the site. 
you have to have two catchers, like stuff like that. Yeah, I, I think where the confusion comes in is that note that you have to fill out a starting lineup, right? So that right, like that's people but, key into that. That's fair enough. Filling out a starting lineup is obviously different depending on the league settings. And I don't think, you know, today is Monday. It's not a full slate of games. You know, if, if the requirement was to fill out a starting lineup every single day, I wouldn't be able to fit that today, right? In my team in League One, my team is still competitive. It's still like a real team that's, that is not in last place anymore. So, so I, you know, I think it's well within the spirit of the rule and within the intent of the rule to say like, oh, you know what? Some days you may not have a first baseman in your fantasy lineup, but more days of the week than not, you should. I saw a couple, we talked about this a little bit in Slack and and I think there's sort of two sort of compelling-ish that I think equivocally work the same. Allowing leeway for guys on the 10-day or 15-day IL, letting those guys count towards your number is sort of generally accepted. Guys on the 60 IL, less accepted, right? Because those guys are just going to be gone for two months. Chad and I sort of had a rule of thumb of of sort of being on pace for at your positions, like 135-ish games, which would be five-sixths of the season. That would be the game max. That's the game cap if you're in a season-long league that has playoffs, so you're not playing the last month. So again, that, like, maybe not every single day, 162 games, but... If you start dipping below that 135 number, I feel like that is probably a little not really aligned with what a Major League Baseball team would do. I think also, likewise, if you're stashing six or seven 60 IL guys and you're saying my 60 IL guys should count towards the 22 because they're Major League Baseball players, I think that's like sort of against the spirit of the rule. I think, you know, obviously stash as many 60 IL guys you want, but don't expect them to count towards your your starting lineup sort of general number. Um, 10 IL guys, you know, a lot more leeway for that because, you know, they could come back at any time. Um, but, but the idea here is just generally like auto new is best when there are, if you're in a 12 team league, every team is competing. If you're in a bigger league, smaller league, every single team sort of being out there and putting their best foot forward and being engaged and bidding on auctions and trying to, trying to play the game. You know, that's, that's one of the things that makes auto new great and having teams totally check out because, they're like, you know, we're punting this year, so we're going to just stash the 20 of the top 250 prospects in Major League Baseball and or major and minor league baseball and hope that that works out for us next year. Like, it won't. First of all, like Chad made the point that it will not work because it's too many lottery tickets and it's not enough present value to ever work. And two, like, it means that you're not engaged on trades, you're not engaged on a big subset of auctions. And that just makes the league worse for everybody. So the idea is just to keep people engaged. And if they don't want to be engaged and they want to con- sort of flaunt this rule and break it repeatedly, then it becomes something that the commissioner can correct by finding someone who does want to engage. Yeah. I, for me, like my own personal constraints that I hold myself to is, yes, I don't consider anybody that's on my 60 to count towards any of the sort of starting lineup requirements that I like to have. There's flexibility with pitchers as far as starting versus relievers. And I agree with you that it's not, the spirit of the rule isn't to say you have to have five relievers on your team. There are very good reasons in multiple different formats why you wouldn't want to have five relievers all season long. And I think that that's okay. I think strategically that should be allowed. What I agree with you, probably 
the rule is saying is not allowed is you can't have 25 minor league players on your team, you know, and you're you're just barren in terms of major league uh, players because that's not realistic right. when you're trying to somewhat replicate real teams, right. you know, and we don't have the option. We don't have a farm system we can call up from, right? So we, we can't tell the Pirates to call up a prospect for us. Right, right. So, and like, you know, in July this year, the Pirates might start calling up some guys just because they've traded away some other guys, but we don't have that luxury. So, and it, and it keeps the market lively for, for free agents that are breaking out and free agents that are compelling to roster or whatever to the, to the marketability thing we talked about earlier. So I think those things are really important and, and it makes the game better for everybody. And, yeah. and honestly, it'll make the game better for you. If you were somebody who thinks you would rather sit on 20 prospects, you'd rather not, you'd rather find, present value that's that's exciting to root for that you can start every night right so niv is saving you from yourself in this case. <laughs> saving me from myself you know, these are things that you can you can fall in love with ideas like that and then you'll realize like ah, I, this is this is a cycle that i cannot get myself easily okay the next uh, roster rule i think this one is better understood but i also want to just bring it up briefly briefly is 1b if at any time during the season any team's cap room is not greater than or equal to 40 minus the number of players on that team's roster up to 40 so what that means is if you have somebody on the 60 day il and he goes on the il and you're at 400 out of 400, you're still legal because your first 40, you know, you, he doesn't count against that. So, and, and it also means functionally, you have to leave a dollar open in your cap for every open roster spot. So if you have 39 players on your roster, you have to have at least $1 in free cap available. And if you don't, then your team is considered to be in an invalid state. In this circumstance, the team will be frozen until the issue is resolved. The manager will be forced to cut a player to resolve the issue, will not be able to perform any other activities in the game, including editing and making auction bids. Basically what that means is if you, while your roster is illegal, you can't place bids, you can't make claims, you can't accept or propose trades, your team will sc still score points. Any lineups you've already set will still be there. And so you will accrue points while you're illegal. There are other fantasy sites that that wouldn't be the case. But in Autonew, you will score while you're illegal. You just can't make any moves until you rectify the situation by cutting players. If you have a pending trade that would make you legal once it processes, then obviously then you will now be in a legal state and you can carry on as everybody else does. And it also, the rule also mentions that any bids you already had out there before you became illegal, those are still active. They don't get canceled because you're illegal. Right. Basically, you're just, you're, you're frozen. Like you are frozen in time. You are Captain America in the ice. <laughs> you can't do anything. Uh, right. The only thing you can do is make a cut to get yourself legal. And I think everybody pretty much understands that. I think the the only tricky parts are when you do have those 60-day IL situations. Like I know I'm in leagues where I'm at 40 out of 41 roster spots because one of my players is on the 60-day IL and I have $400 in salary. I'm still legal even though I do have an open roster spot, but that open roster spot doesn't count against, you know, the right. having to have $1 the bonus, open. The bonus ones don't count. That would right. be pretty punitive. Um, yeah, because then once somebody went on the 60-day IL, you'd be forced to make a cut, and that's... One thing One thing I want to mention is about the scoring thing, because we ran into this before AutoNew was out there, and it was just a league with me and my buddies. So I just want to mention it in case like anyone's wondering, like why do you get to keep scoring even though your team is illegal? Well, 
the way scoring works is any player in the auto new like that's on an auto new roster their scoring for the day is the same their stat line is the same across all auto new teams i wrote a really long thing about why this is true and we can talk about that later but i mean that's a little more technical reason but so the result is that if i have uh mike trout and justin has mike trout in two different leagues our mike trouts on any given day will score the same number of points so if you're illegal during baseball games and say it's 7 30 uh, you you timed an auction it's gonna end at 655 you the auctions ends you win the auction 655 and you are starting marginal starting pitcher and we had this in a four by four league i think it's probably even more exacerbated in the two points options and you're like you know what i'm gonna do no matter what i'm gonna ru- like i'm gonna run julio urias out there and no matter what i'm gonna get either his entire stat line or none of his stat line and if i don't cut anyone until after the game is over i won't get any of his stat line and if i cut someone mid game if i cut someone mid game i can see how his first three or four innings goes before i make that decision and that's not like a theory because we had people doing this so i tried to make it such that you wouldn't get stats unless you were legal and the result was that people would game starting pitchers starting pitcher matchups just to sort of see if there was an edge to derive i think that's a ton of extra work and i don't think it was necessarily worth it for anybody but you know one time one league hinges on a home run allowed because someone stayed illegal too long or whatever like it's just not something anyone wants to have the conversation about so I think the the compromise of not being able to actually change your lineup and set your lineup and knowing that like if you want to be competitive, that's actually way more important than trying to game like a certain outcome or whatever. Like setting your lineup every single day, uh, multiple times a day is is really important in really competitive leagues. So I think that is punishing enough on its own. And then not being able to bid on auctions obviously is is quite a punitive uh, measure as well. Yeah, I mean, because if you're really, if you're doing everything you can to be competitive in your league, you are reviewing your lineups at least once a day, probably multiple times a day. You are reviewing who is cut and making claims and and thinking about adding, you know, free agent auctions and placing bids. Right. But it's it's a, I agree with you 100%. Being frozen and locked out of all of those uh, team activities. Yes, it does. And if you're trying to compete it it makes it really punitive. Absolutely. Now for teams that are rebuilding, I think sometimes you run into a situation where they're like, well, I don't really care if I'm adding anybody right now. I'd rather just, you know, stay illegal for a little while and retain the option to do something later. It's like, no, you really should get legal. In my leagues as a commissioner, I have sort of a 48 hour rule where I require everyone to be, to get legal within 48 hours. And the only exception to that would be if there is you know, one of their cap penalties is currently in a 48-hour auction or there's a pending trade or something of the like. But that's that's just what I do in my leagues. And it it I can see yeah, being more t- restrictive or less restrictive depending on, on the situation. So I would say in League One, we're probably a little bit more restrictive than that. We we would we would really expect people to get legal pretty quickly within a day. Yeah. And one thing that's also worth noting is like if you log in and you don't get legal, like you are setting off all kinds of alarms. Right. So uh, either tell your league what's going on or or just get legal. And a lot of people try to get cutesy around getting legal. And like, ultimately, like if it's a challenge for you to figure out someone to remove on your team, you probably shouldn't have put the bid in. And I don't really have a problem with leagues saying like, this is a real, and this is getting into C, right? Rule C, 1C. 
but obviously if you're if you're doing it in a way where you're like kind of trying to be cute or being or gaming it or whatever i don't really blame any league that's like we don't really want to deal with this and deal with you and i don't think it's like i don't think there's much standing that you have in my opinion if your league doesn't like it that that should be driving your decision making a lot more than anything me and Justin say on this podcast. Right, right. Okay. And like I said, that that rule I think is a little pretty straightforward. Yeah, and better understood and there's less questions about that other than the the variability of your particular yeah, league deciding what you know what the time frame might be to right. enforce. And that, that's really more one C, I guess, another think about it. The other thing is like the COVID, the COVID and the 60 IL. Just remember that if you do get one of those guys that roster spot will never count towards your overall salary situation. Not going to be punished because somebody goes on the 60 or someone goes on COVID and now have to create more free cap. Right. Uh, but right. the flip side of that is if you have uh, 38 players on your team and you have $1 free, you're illegal and it's going to be a pain in the butt to get on illegal from that situation. So just remember that you do need to be able to in theory, field any the idea is that any spot you have open should be able to be fielded by a one dollar player. Then you're on that puts you on level playing field with everyone else on bidding and whatnot. Otherwise, we'd have three hundred ninety dollar Juan Sotos, right? Right. Yep. So. And then the only other thing to be careful of is if you do have multiple players that are on sixty day IL or COVID IL, and you do use those rosters freed up roster spots to add players, you just have to remember that once those players come off that IL, now you will have to make some. some You'll be illegal right away, right? And but you know you're basically you're it's like a short term bonus roster spot to to help compensate for the fact that this player is now unavailable. So all right, so the the last one I wanted to talk about and arguably maybe the most important one is at no time shall a team willingly go over roster and salary cap limits. If a team knowingly does this, they will face penalties at the discretion of their league's commissioner. So for the most part, this does go hand in hand with what we just talked about. A couple things I want to mention. There is often confusion from people who are new to Audinu. Does that mean that I can't bid $8 on a player if I only have $6 in cap space? No, you can absolutely bid whatever you want for players out there. It's You don't have to proactively make room to accommodate your bids. You have to sort of, after the fact, retroactively go back and make cuts to get legal. So that's a very common thing. People will, players, manager will bid more than they have free cap space. Then they have to make a cut because they're currently illegal and then they'll do so and then they'll become legal. That is sort of the, you know, the, 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 nature of Audinu, that it's a very common situation where... Yeah, I wouldn't even call that... I mean, maybe the language could be cleaned up, but I wouldn't call that willingly going over. It's you're willingly going over if you're staying illegal after you've gone over. Right. Right. Like, go, going over and coming back, fine. Like, you know, that happens. You pay your credit card bill, but you charge things from your credit card and you have to pay it back later. But if you just say like, hey, you know what? I am not going to pay that. I don't care about my lineup. Yep. set i don't care about that now you have now taken the next step of 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 consciously and willingly uh being in an illegal state right and and you'll see this from time to time in certain leagues where it's the end of the year the team's rebuilding they add a bunch you know they add 10 players at the very end of the season and they don't make any corresponding cuts to get back legal because they're like well it's the end of the season who cares so like well yeah technically the rules say you you can't carry extra players you need to get back and you need to make cuts somewhere else if you've added 10 players you need to get 
back down to the roster limits, even if it's the last day of the season. Same thing with like, let's say Mike Trout is available and he's up for re-auction and you're a rebuilding team and you add him and now you're illegal because you're $5 over the cap limit, but you don't want to make any cuts because you're like, well, well, I'm I'm rebuilding. So what does it matter? I should just be able to hold Mike Trout until the end of the season for the last month because I don't care if I don't get to set lineups right. and the trade deadlines pass, so I can't make trades anyway. No, you have to get legal and that's still this rule still applies in that situation. So, and that's where, I mean, you, as a league, just like with 1B, you have to have some sort of conversation as a league, or at least at the commissioner level to say, this is what we're going to do if this situation arises. Maybe that's, we're going to cut the highest salary player that would then get that play, that team legal. Maybe, you know, up to and including asking that manager, you know what, we don't, want to have you back in the league next year. We're going to find a replacement because you're unwilling to follow the rules. You know, the way I look at this, I totally agree with everything Justin just said. The way I look at this, Justin is like, it's never, it's, it's, this is not like ever going to be death by a bunch. uh, This will be maybe death by a bunch of paper cuts, but it's never going to be like, I'm going to chase you around and punish you every single time you do this. So this is not putting in my mind, a ton of onus on the team commission or the league commissioner or the league members. This is just if so, if somebody flaunts this repeatedly and you have to constantly remind someone, then you just replace them and they don't get to play auto new anymore on, in that league and they lose their team. And, you know, I think I think that's a totally fine punishment for someone who just repeatedly wants to abuse this or wants to be wants to approach the inter- approach fixing their team in a way that the league is not OK with. The first time you go over and it's 48 hours and you're like, yeah, I don't really want to whatever second time whatever third time fourth time and it's a repeated conversation and everyone else in the league is following the rules pretty well and you don't really have a good excuse uh i wouldn't be surprised if your team is taken away like i think that's like the way to think about if you're a commissioner the way to think about punishing this is not chase someone down every single time it's just set the expectation if you do this four or five times and it's egregious and i have to remind you four or five times you're not playing auto new with us anymore (laughs) like that's it like you want to be playing with people who have this shared same responsibility and understanding on this. Like in league, we've luckily never run into this, but we've definitely had conversations with people where someone had to say like, I'm on vacation. I'm out of the country right now. I'm sorry that this happened. I am. I'm like just not near a computer for a couple of, for a couple of days. I, as soon as I get back, I will fix it. And if you give that, if you give people a heads up like that, there won't be any problem. But if you are repeatedly like skirting this and you're repeatedly making it difficult on people to play this game with you, I mean, that's just really what it is. You're making it difficult to play the game. Then I don't think you should be in the league anymore. And I don't think that's like a big problem. I don't think that's crazy. But I think at the flip side of it is commissioners really should give a lot of leeway for the I just had a kid. I am out of the country. I'm on vacation. I'm dealing with some personal issue or emergency. As long as someone's willing to be communicative and forthright with you, like this is not something worth blowing people up over. Right. And people who it's worth blowing up over will make it clear to you that it's worth blowing them up over it. Right. Yeah. And 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 you're absolutely right. I mean, life happens and there are plenty of situations where you have much more important reasons than Autonew to not you know, yeah. rectify a situation. And, and at the end of the day, some things are way more important than making sure your team is legal. But I agree with you. On the other hand, is if it's a repeated occurrence, if if me as a commissioner, if I have to constantly remind you it's been three yeah. days, oh, well, I'm waiting for this or I'm waiting for that. No, we'd really like you to get legal. Like everybody else 
holds to that. And if you have the ability to hold to that, then you should. Yeah, I, I'm reminded of an issue I, I, that happened a couple of years ago for me. I don't remember the details of the people, and I wouldn't name them here anyway. But one guy was like not getting legal, not getting legal. And commissioner was like, look, I've sent him a couple of messages. He hasn't logged in. He hasn't gotten his team legal. I was like, just hold out. Just hold out. This is, this is the first time you're dealing with this. Don't worry about it. Commissioner got really frustrated um, and started lighting people up. And it turned out the guy, the the uh, uh, manager in question was dealing with a personal tragedy. And so you have to remember that like people have these lives and you cannot just, and you know, everyone pulled back from that situation. Like you keep like, like yep. this is not a big deal in the big scheme of things. Right. But if somebody is being active and talking to you and saying like, I don't want to do this because this guy's about to get called up and this guy's about to get, about to get called up. And I really want to see how those three guys play on Saturday and then I'll make my cut on Sunday. And you're like, man, it's Wednesday. Just cut somebody. Like you don't like, I know you think this is, uh, a competitive advantage for you and you think that there's enough leeway here but you're just making the game less fun for everyone else and that's just not okay so there's like sort of two scenarios here and if you know i i, I think most people can differentiate between one-offs and somebody repeatedly flaunting uh the rules but i i think it's just very obvious when people are making one c like an actual problem and it's also like you know when you're starting your league like it's if you're start if you're thinking about starting a league next year or you you're in a new league now like have the conversation with people just be like these are expectations if you have something comes up like most people are in pretty understand most people are pretty understanding so if something comes up just be communicative let us know if something's up like you don't have to give us the details or the the whole story but if something's up just let us know and you know if something keeps coming up for you every every six or seven days then we're gonna have a problem but if it's like a one off here or there like it's not worth it's and i think that's true for all three of these rules it's not worth like getting super bent out of shape over unless it's like repeatedly and uh repeatedly and pointedly ignored and it, it, it's making me think of the situation that will sometimes happen in drafts too where in, during the auction you everybody gets all the teams in order will get turns to nominate and then you'll have somebody who constantly is missing their nomination and it's like come on yeah. You, you have to make your nomination. This is the way that the auctions work. You can't one you know, time and that you forgot okay. and keep Two missing times, it. Right. Okay. At the end of the auction and you're just like, Hey, I'm not nominating, but I'm staying online and I'm not getting marked as done. There's a problem now. And right. It's right. It's exactly what you said. It, it makes itself so obvious. So at such as to not really require debate or, or consternation. If you have consternation about it, if like these rules are are like, oh, this is kind of like a gray area and it's a confuse like that means it's not actually a big deal yet. It becomes a big deal when somebody is repeatedly flaunting them and repeatedly just playing by a different playbook than everybody else. And repeatedly, right? The first time you have the conversation. The second time you repeat the conversation. The fourth or fifth time you're like, this is a problem now. Right. Yep. I agree. I agree. Okay. I think now for a lot of people, right? Auto new veterans, nothing we really covered is probably that groundbreaking or, or any different than what their expectations already were. But I know we have people who are new to auto new, either their first year or second year. And, and, you know, a lot of new players this year. So that's really exciting. And I hope that, you know, this, this conversation is helpful for that. Right. right because I mean, looking at the rules <laughs> And, you know, no offense, it's just how the rules have to be written. Sometimes your eyes glaze over a little bit, you know, I, nobody, <laughs> nobody wants, it's not like, 
you know, if you could if you could make it a TikTok or something, Niv, maybe get a little more interesting. <laughs> give uh, it a little snazzier. Yeah. I'll get but, the social media team on it. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, so but I wanted to cover it because it it is a question that comes up quite a bit on Slack or on Twitter or on the community forums, and I wanted to cover it. And that's the sort of thing that we have covered in the past, and we and I definitely want to keep covering is that sort of evergreen. Auto new 101, 201 sort of stuff. Yeah. Like this is this is how it works. And you know, Niv and and Chad were instrumental in bringing Auto new to the public, and they helped develop it. So they know from their perspective, like this is why we wrote the rules that way. Yeah. Or you know, this is what we're gonna do. Um, and ultimately, like the rules are written this way because of the thing we just said at the very end. Like stuff comes up, and Auto new is a game where you know it it cannot be constantly uh requiring people to be online all the time because it's uh year round and and 24 7 so if it required people to be on all the time it'd be impossible and exhausting and not fun so there has to be leeway in the stuff there's ambiguity on purpose those they're there so that people are not felt feel like i have a second job or really a first job and my real job is a second job it's uh, to make the game like approachable and playable so again, like I asked for leeway, but I think, you know, you can sniff out if somebody's taking advantage of it. And yeah, it's good to have conversations like this. I feel like this is the TikTok of talking about rules, right? At least it's me right. and Justin talking and not you having to read whatever nonsense language I put up there. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I think I, I want to say also that acting as a commissioner in Audenew is really pretty low freak you know friction as far as what you need to do what your responsibilities are and that's great because most of the things that really need to be taken care of the site is handling for you as a commissioner yes there are occasional dispute resolution things and things like that but in general being a commissioner in Audenew is not that not that difficult and it, you know when it happens when there are issues it does sometimes tend to be these roster type situations which is another reason i wanted to cover them because it does lead to some you know questions at least at a league level so i wonder if that's like a conversation worth happening having in the future about like what it really is to be a commissioner not a new because i think a lot of people bring preconceived notions of being commissioners on other sites of having to be really hands-on Right. And you really don't need to be. And in no. fact, you probably shouldn't be because the site should be doing everything for you. And if there are things that you think the site isn't doing for you as a commissioner, like, just let me know. But I think generally, like, I mean, there are leagues where you're a commissioner and maybe all you do is schedule the draft and that's it. Draft, yeah. Like that's, that's, that's it. Everything else is handled um, by the system, by the site. But yeah, that could be something that we continue to talk about is is the role of, you know, and it's a good off-season topic, I think, to say, okay, what does it mean to be a commissioner for your league? What do you have to do? What what would your responsibilities be? What are your expectations as a commissioner and best practices as far as that? But we can talk about that in the off-season as, as new leagues get formed. So, all right. if Unless there's anything else you wanted to add to that conversation, Niv, I think we, we covered it fairly thoroughly. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think that was a good rules talk. If there are other rules that you guys want to talk about, like we're happy to dig into it but i think one rule one a through c are probably the trickiest ones on the site yeah i mean if you did slack search histories you could you could just do a search for rule 1a and rule 1c and you'll find right. a lot of you conversations would, you would have a you would have a 5000 page <laughs> book you uh, we'll, we'll spare everybody from all that but it it, it there has been many conversations over the years so not that this is you know the end all be all again it's sort of like 
you know, it's like states' rights, right? Like <laughs> your league kind of makes your own decisions about how stringent you want to be about certain things and how are we going to uphold this. But at least this conversation with Niv sort of saying this is the intent of these rules, this is why it was written the way it was written, might help anchor certain leagues into, okay, that's the baseline interpretation. And then if we want to move from there, that's fine. But um, right. it gives everybody some some extra information about why things are written and the rules are the way they are. So, all right. I want to add one thing real quick before yeah. we get to your closing thoughts. Based on the conversation we had at the beginning about the roster percentage and average salary, I think I'll probably add those numbers to the roster organizer tonight. So I think that I think I've come around a little bit. I don't think it's I don't think anyone is probably under the illusion that this is the only number you need to look at. But I, I'm kind of with you on on that tiebreaker bit, Justin. So I think I'll add those to the roster organizer. So when you are, again, using the feature that Justin mentioned, moving guys to the cut section of that page or whatever, you can have that information in your fingertips. Right. Because if you're doing that workflow, having that information right there at the roster organizer, roster organizer lets you use that information to inform that you're going to put somebody in your cut space for the future, right? That the next time you have to make a cut, you flag two or three guys that um, are the next, next right. players off the ship. And you can, right? you can have all that stuff scannable however you'd write it. Yep. Okay. And the only other thing I wanted to mention real quick, and I know that there was, I can't remember if it was on Slack or if it was on the community forum. Somebody did bring up our rankings. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I am going to, I did technically grab the standings from as of May 1st. I haven't actually produced power rankings for those yet. I'm probably just going to wait until June to run the first batch. I will post those like I have in the past. I don't know exactly where, but I will announce it and I will certainly post on Twitter um, at Justin Viber is my Twitter handle when those are out, whether that's on my Patreon is free for everybody to read. I'll probably post on the community page. I'll probably post the information there and then just link to it, you know, on Slack and on Twitter. So, but I did want to kind of mention that, that I, I am still planning on doing the power rankings. I didn't keep a up with it last year. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, um, I'm back. yep. So I know some people are, it's fun to see your, your team or your league, right. In, 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 yeah. In lights on the marquee. <laughs> so it's, all right. uh, it would be nice to see that. But not my team this year, but one well, day. Well, I mean what what you won in twenty twenty, right? Yeah, so twenty twenty I was doing okay on the power rankings actually if I recall. Right. Correctly. Yep. So. so all right, that wraps up this episode. I want to thank everybody as always for listening and we will catch you all next time. Thank you.